Hello and welcome to the Soto Moto Podcast, episode 10. And today we're going to cover some stuff. Uh, we've got Riley Baker, Colby Patnode, and new uh, contributor, Dan Clark, here with us today, all the way from Australia. Guys, say what's up. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's happening? All right, sweet, guys. Well, we've kind of got an interesting, you know, set of stuff to talk about today. Um, we have some injuries, some up and down, you know, call-ups and stuff like that. And we're going to try and, you know, get through this kind of stuff. So first up, we're just going to kind of talk about injuries. We got Gene Machi going down, Evan Marshall going down. No official word on those guys yet, I believe. And James Paxton, obviously, to the 10-day DL. And then Iwakuma, you know, has had his start pushed back from Tuesday to Thursday. So, guys, what do you think of that? Colby, you want to take this first? Yeah. um, uh, Machi was warming up today in the bullpen, so it looks like he's – going to be good to go sounded like it was a blister or something like that uh marshall was a really painful one to watch um I was watching live you could hear the uh the pain as he threw the baseball and he grabbed his hamstring they put him on the 10 day dl and they said it was just a strain so maybe that's good news but uh that one was tough to watch but uh, obviously the biggest one is uh james paxton it's a left forearm injury that's not good i mean you hope that's just forearm but that could be elbow so uh, you know, that's that's been the ace of the Seattle Mariners staff by far. Um, he seems to think that he's only going to miss two or three starts. And uh, if that's the case, then, you know, you just got to survive for the next couple weeks. But uh, anytime you talk about a forearm injury to your ace, that's always troubling. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Riley, you know, you got anything you want to add for that? Yeah, it's just rough to see another starter go down. You know, you already have Felix down for a little while. Smiley started the season on the DL. Now Paxton is out for, you know, like Colby said, he's out for a little bit. Hopefully it's not his elbow. Hopefully it's just a forearm strain, like they're saying. Um, and now this thing with Iwakuma and our bullpen just kind of falling apart. Just a lot, a lot really not going right on the pitching sides of things. Dan? Yeah, mate, it's been brutal. Like, we just sort of haven't been able to catch a break. And we just need to hang in there, I think. Once we sort of get stuck getting Felix back, hopefully the end of the month, Pax, if he's only had a couple of weeks, that's. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Left forearm's never good. But, yeah, mate, we just, just need to get healthy, I think. That's, that's it. Just hang in there, play 500 ball till, till we get some guys back, and then go on a bit of a streak. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I corroborate everything you guys have said. Um, injuries just suck, and it kind of, you hate to see it all kind of happen at once, and especially because Marshall had pitched pretty well for the most part, and especially, you know, Paxton. Anyway, yeah, injuries. What can you do? Yeah, it's, um, uh, it is yeah, worth sorry. noting, though, that uh, Aaron Goldsmith, the Mariners broadcaster, tweeted earlier today that he was told by Jerry DePoto that if uh, Hanniger, Felix, and Paxton continue to progress like they have so far, it's possible you could see all three in the next homestand. So that would be uh, that would be pretty big since I think a lot of us were expecting Felix to be, certainly Felix to be out until, you know, July, mid early July. So uh just something to keep an eye on. I was expecting yeah, wow. Hanniger to be out till probably the beginning of June with a with the oblique thing, right? Yeah, so great. that would yeah that'd be awesome. Excellent. And hopefully they yeah. can get things back going and uh, like kind of finish out May and start a strong June. For sure, for sure. I mean, well, I mean the schedule coming up. You know, we got Philadelphia who's under five hundred at the moment. Toronto under five hundred. Oakland at home, and then the White Sox at home. And, you know, those that's, you know, neither of those are, you know, 
great series is but they're at home and hopefully you know it, that'll just kind of roll there and then we've got Washington and Boston and that'll be tough but you know if they can kind of if Seattle can get some momentum and kind of roll through these next five games against or six games against Philadelphia and Toronto and then get some stuff and then kind of play 500 ball the rest of May that would that would be really helpful and you know hopefully they can just stick around and hang in it until everybody gets back right and stuff like that um all right so any anybody else got anything on injuries okay sweet well then we will progress <laughs> along um all right, so Mike Zanino, Tuffy Gosowich, you know, what are your thoughts on Gosowich? What do you, what do you think? Do you think Tuffy Gosowich is a long-term answer, short-term answer, or he's just, you know, here for the time being kind of thing? I think he's kind of just here for the time being. I don't think you can sort of progress even to get to the playoffs with your two catches being Carlos Ruiz and Tuffy Gosowich. It's just you need more solid sort of answers back there. Um, yeah, it's hard. Like, there's nothing real, really else down in the in the minor league, but we just got to we got to do something with it. It's not looking good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You have to put someone there. So Zanino has been struggling. Send him down. Tuffy Goswich has like a cool name. That's kind of that's <laughs> kind of it. He's like 33. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say he's not. He doesn't really have much more, much more than that. I mean, it's worth noting he was going to be, um, or he was uh, the Arizona starting catcher while uh, while um, Miguel Montero was out, and so he's kind of had that. Um, he's played that role of fill-in before, so you know it's kind of that. I guess that's kind of his thing now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, to me, uh, Tuffy is. Uh... He's nothing. Uh, Carlos Ruiz will get a majority of the starts. I think Sanino's back in about ten days. I really, I don't see them sticking down there that long. Um, you know, Sanino's offense is terrible, but you watch Carlos Ruiz. He doesn't receive the baseball well. He takes a lot of pitches out of the strike zone. He doesn't really throw that well. I know he threw a guy out today, but uh, I mean, you look at go back to spring training games. Teams were running on him like there was no tomorrow, and. So far, he hasn't really done much at the plate to justify that. Uh, I think overall, all this points out is that the catching position in the Mariners' uh, farm system is by far the shallowest. Um, right now, the next guy up is probably Tyler Marlette, who uh, had a really down year last year, but he's bounced back uh, the last couple months and uh, going into this season. And uh, he's probably the next guy, but he's at probably a year away. So, you know, one more injury, an injury to one of the catchers and Zanino's back up. So, uh, really, if you're looking for catching upgrades, you're probably going to have to go outside the market, outside in the market and look for a guy there. Well, it always, it always sucks to see a third overall draft pick be, you know, what he got drafted in 2012. So, five years out of his, you know, draft season. And he's still kind of stuck in that quad A spot. So, you don't need Mike Zanino to be an all-star, though. What you need is Mike Zanino to do what he did last year. He had a 787 OPS, which I think ranks sixth among catchers in baseball. I mean, yeah, he's going he's gonna to strike out a lot. He's not going to hit for a high average. That ship has sailed. But really all you need is a 300 on base and about a 415, 420 slugging. And he's done that in the past. He did it last year. He did it the year before, even when he was terrible and striking out every third at-bat. So all you really need is for him just to not be a black hole. And he's done that before. So 
we'll and see. If you're, if you're taking, you know, I mean, like you're saying, you know, he doesn't. Nobody needs him to be hitting. You know, I mean, I don't even care. I mean, he could hit two two ten, and I'd be okay with it. I mean, he just he just has really floundered and hitting one sixty. And and like I wrote an article about it, so plug for the Soto Mojo website. But if you want to uh, go check that out, his defensive numbers are way down compared to where they've been in the past few years. And so it's kind of like in in past years, his defensive prowess has made up for the fact that he's not hitting as well as he could be. But this year, his defensive numbers are way down from past years. So he doesn't really have that, you know, weight thing. Granted, we're only 25 games into the year, but he has the biggest sample size out of almost any catcher in the league. Like, he's played the most games, and his numbers are still way down. So it's kind of just, it's kind of up and down as a needle. But I really do. I think if he can kind of get out of his own head in AAA and figure out a swing again and just kind of, you know, get get that, you know, OPS, like you were saying, you know, and kind of just play that game, you know, I think it would work fine for him. Yeah, I think it is kind of just a mental thing. I think, you know, his hitting's been down. It's been down there before. Um, I think he's just kind of pressing, and now it's kind of getting to him on the defensive side, maybe. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think he just needs a few days down AAA, and he can get called back up and kind of yeah. smooth things out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Leonis Martin, we'll do a quick plug for, for him at Tacoma right now. What do you guys – he's hitting currently at Tacoma. He's hitting uh, – shoot – He's hitting 261, has an on-base percentage, well, an OPS of 763, 306, 457 split, and that's over 11 games. What do you think that means for him and his future with Seattle? Yeah, he started really hot with, with Tacoma. Um, sort of storing down there the first sort of week or so, and I think he had his average up in the 310s, 320s, maybe in 330s. He's just sort of cooled off the last, yeah, the last sort of four or five games, so... If he can sort of just go with those ebbs and flows and stuff like that, he, he, yeah, he's, he's too valuable, I think, to keep down in Tacoma. Um, just even with his clubhouse presence and all that sort of stuff, he's, yeah, we need him to hit like he is now, hit 260, sort of get on a streak and sort of pull him back up. Yeah, I think it was kind of, like, I know Colby kind of said this in our last podcast, how maybe it was just kind of to send a message like, come on, guys, you got to pick it up. Like, this is a big season for us. We can't have people just kind of sloughing. So I think it kind of was to send a message. And I think Leonis Martin can kind of get things turned around, get some more confidence, because he does have that value in the outfield and in the clubhouse. And if he can hit, you know, 250, 260, that's fine. Yeah, all he has to do is do what he did last year. Um, you know, the uh, the defense is going to be good. And last year he had a war, he had a war of two which makes him a solid average player. But uh, you got to remember that a lot of his value comes from defense and base running. And he had a six-week stretch there where he was really nursing a bad hamstring and trying to play through it. So you would think with the healthier legs, he's going to steal more bases and he's going to play better defense on top of what was already really good defense. And plus, I miss seeing the arm in the outfield. I'm a sucker for big-time arms from outfielders. And, uh, I mean... (laughs) How can you not miss that? So uh, he just needs to do what he did last year. I think he was what two thirty five, two forty. Yeah. Okay. So there. I mean, not even that. You just have to get back to where you're a usable yeah. player, and there I think is. he'll get there. Yeah, I really, I think he'll do that too. Which you know, I mean, we'll talk about the outfield depth on a later podcast. But you know, I think that there's no real rush at the moment to get him back up. I mean, 
you know, as much as we would love to see him back up with the team, I think, you know, until he really figures it out, until he feels like he figured it out and service and Depoto feel like he's figured it out, Seattle's not really hurting right now defensively and offensively to not have him, you know, up. So I think that's that's the upside for him is he knows the fans miss him. He knows the team misses him. It's not it's not a, you know, sorry, we don't like you kind of thing. It's just a, we want you to take your time, figure it out, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so we'll progress right along to talking about this last homestand, kind of the the opening to May. The Mariners are averaging just over five runs per contest in May. Um, what did you see? Everybody hit us with one thing you liked, one thing you didn't like from this last homestand. Well, I like that we won the series. First and foremost, I like that we went four and two on the home trip and just to kind of go back that we went three and three on the road trip. I think that was huge to kind of just get us into the road trip. Um, something I didn't like, I I mean, just the injuries, man. <laughs> That's the easy one. It's just rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah love, love the homestand. Six, uh, four and two is good. Hated, hated that sixth run, Angels six. That nearly sort of cost him that game. That was that was brutal. I was, yeah. We just got to sort of stop the bleeding in those big innings. But other than that, offense was really good. Like you said, we scored almost five runs a game. If we keep that up, we only need sort of we only need that sort of I suppose replacement level pitching just to sort of get us by. If we can score five six runs a game, we're we're in nearly all the game. So. Yeah, the uh, the six-run inning was brutal, and maybe it wouldn't have happened if Scott Service knew how to use his bullpen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, something I liked, uh, I thought the starting pitching was really good. Um, you know, Iwakuma was cruising until he got banged on the knee. Um, you know, his final line was still pretty good. Uh, Yovani Gallardo has been sneaky, like, sneaky good lately, and... Uh, you know, you wouldn't know if by looking at Mariners' Twitter, they're just ready to uh, move on from the guy. But, you know, his ERA snuck down into the low fours, I think. So, And he's giving them quality starts, and he's giving them a chance to win. And, uh, of course, you know, Miranda had the best outing of the weekend. Uh, he was outstanding, really, after he got hit in the calf. So who knows about that. But, uh, you know, like I said, the starting pitching was really good. I even liked what they did today with uh, Overton and uh, Bergman. Is it Bregman or Bergman? I think it's Bergman. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I wrote a post about this a couple weeks ago, and it was something I thought they should try then. Uh, it's called bullpenning, right? You don't have a great starter, so you kind of use two average ones, and you go out there and you let them throw three innings apiece. It worked out great. And, uh, you know, you can't forget Chase DeYoung. That was, <laughs> that was surprising, but uh, it was good to see. Uh, the thing I didn't like, Edwin Diaz was pretty shaky, uh, aside from today's game. Uh where he had a 1-2-3 inning to nail down the series win. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm a little concerned about Diaz and the fastball command. But, I mean, other than that, 4-2 and two home stands, you'll take that every time. Oh yeah, I almost feel like Diaz is just kind of trying to do too much at this point. I think he's trying to overthrow. Well, I, think, I don't know, uh, just random thought. Well, he got that, uh, that whole hype from the World Baseball Classic and – the Mariners fan base and I guess even Depoto and Service kind of hyped him up as that big game, lockdown, you know, hard throwing, big ego kind of personality. And I think that changed from the, you know, we how how old is Diaz? 
What's the what's his age there? Twenty one. I mean, it changed, it changed from the you know twenty year old guy that you know was really just kind of like likable, hungry, you know, kind of thing. And it's kind of like it just yeah, it really does feel like he's trying too hard to save the Mariners when it's like you know just play your game, throw hard, throw your cutter, throw, you know. Your cutter's so good because your fastball command's so good. Just make it happen, you know? And, yeah, I think totally agree with that statement that he's just kind of overthrowing at this point. Yeah, it just kind of comes down to trusting his ability and just sitting back and doing what it, what he can do. And I think he'll be able to control control his pitches a little, mo- little bit more. And I'm just looking it up. He's 23. So, yeah, super young. Been 22 last year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um yeah, I, I pretty much agree with all that stuff. You know, starting pitching really did, you know, as as bad as it could have been with no James Paxton and, and you know, with no Felix Hernandez, obviously, but that's a given. Um, but without, you know, you know, with the, what they did today with Bergman and Overton and DeJong last night in the surprising stellar outing, you know, starting pitching is great. And, you know, I mean, I've been the first – I'll admit I was the first to bash Chase DeJong after – you know, kind of his rough, rough, rough start to the year. But, you know, he really he really did well. And um, Emilio Pagan, you know, shout out to him for having a really good um, inning of work two nights ago, I think it was. Um, and then after bouncing back from the really horrible inning he had uh, the other night, which, you know, I'm not going to really pin on him. I'll pin more on service. But you know what happens. Um, yeah, yeah, Mariners just, uh, I like what I'm seeing from him right now. And hopefully they'll continue that into the road trip for this week. And just to kind of piggyback off that, I don't know how many times we've said depth, like organizational depth throughout our podcasts, but like we have a lot of organizational depth. <laughs> like so many people have come to have had to come up to fill in, you know, like Christian Bergman, like who even is this guy? Like, ah. the, and you know, they're doing an all right job. Like, yeah, we're, we're still trucking. Exactly. We have a lot of people out. We're doing all right. Yeah, a lot of teams with, you know, their top three starters out, or three of their top, you know, four starters out, and then their four starters getting pushed back to Thursday. A lot of teams wouldn't be able to, you know, do anything with that. But Seattle's, you know, they're hanging tough. You know, they're not winning every game, but you're not going to win every game anyway. And, you know, Bergman especially, like, he's, you know, I mean, I mean, looking at his stats, he's a career five point seven nine ERA pitcher and if Seattle can get him to, you know, play the way he played today, you know, that'd be that'd be phenomenal. But, you know, yeah, organizational depth is really true. I think another sort of good thing that sort of went unnoticed was in both the series in the homestand, we lost the first game in extra innings. And then we've come back to win the next two games to win both those series, which is I think that really sort of shows a lot for the fight that's in the club. Um, like the first game against Texas where we lost 3-2, went through eight pitches. Joey Gallo saw three different pitches in one at bat. I don't nice. think, oh, I've never heard of that sort of happening before. And it was just, I think it just sort of showed a bit of character and a bit of attitude. Like, look, we can, we've got to fight and sort of get through this. So, yeah, I think that was a really sort of good thing to see on the homestand. That was what I wrote in, the, um, in my gamer from last night it was like you know not everything's going right for seattle and you know last night's game didn't go great until you know the seventh inning and tonight's game didn't go great until the seventh inning but you know seattle shows that they have a fight a fight that they had 
necessarily showed in the first, you know, games of those series and stuff like that. You know, Seattle's just kind of, they're hanging tough, and that's all you can really ask from a team that's as beat up as they are and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to piggyback on Dan's, re- that was a really good point I hadn't even considered until just now. But, uh, yeah, you know, even to- today's game, they looked like they were just going through the motions for through the first, what, six innings? They just kind of looked like, yeah, let's get out of here. We got to go across the country tomorrow. Let's just kind of wrap it up. And then in the seventh inning, they put up three, and then they win it, you know, on in the, the se- bottom of the eighth on the Seager home run. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's a really good point. Um, I, I think it's something that we don't talk a lot about, but uh, I think this last six games probably should prove that uh, the Mariners are going to uh, – they're going to fight on until their last out. And when yeah. you have an offense this good, it's, you know, it's kind of easy not to give up. So uh, that's good to see. Really true. Really true. Okay, so we'll proceed to the next little bit. You know, a great, good, solid homestand. We'll hope that goes, carries on. Um, I think, you know, we're about ready to wrap this up. But, you know, the starters at Tacoma, the, the last, you know, little bit, um, with all these starters going down, you know, uh, but you see names like Sam uh, Gaviglio the other night at Tacoma pitched like you know six innings to. Okay, Sam Sam Gaviglio on the year has pitched thirty two and two thirds innings, has a WHIP of one point oh four, three point three one ERA. You know, Christian Bergman, yeah, as we called him up today, he had pitched, he'd been he'd gone five and zero oh in five starts with a two point one seven ERA and a one point one WHIP in twenty nine innings. But, you know, I think another guy that, wow, he hasn't really gotten talked about at all is Ryan Weber, uh, 1-0, 1.09 ERA in 24 innings uh, with a .81 whip. Um, so I think, I think it's really good. Like, you know, we're going back to that organizational depth thing. The Seattle or the Tacoma starters all have, you know, real, you know, real potential to fill in while we're waiting for this, you know, injury bug to pass kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, Moore got called up. What are you, what are you seeing right there in Tacoma, that could affect Seattle in the next near bit while they're struggling with injuries? Well, I think you may have buried the lead there. They uh, they just recently called up Nathan Bannister, who uh, was pitching in Advanced A ball, and he got his first start in AAA yesterday. Made that jump and was really really good. And uh, Bannister was a draft pick from last year. I don't think he'll be up in AAA long term. But he is a pitchability guy. Um, you know, he doesn't have overpowering stuff, but he knows how to pitch. And he's really similar to Andrew Moore. Uh, I mean, that's a prospect that Mariner fans are probably more familiar with. And, uh, you know, so he had a great start. Uh, Andrew Moore is going to be up at some point this year. Uh, it's just going to happen. Uh, Caviglio has kind of been a guy that you've heard about for the last two years, I think. And you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, he could be something, but... It's obvious. It's great to have pitchers in Tacoma that you feel good about shuttling up here, because the Mariners have had to use a lot of pitchers already this year, and uh, you know, the depth is really good. And we're not even talking about the guys in Double A like Max Posey, who's been really good down there. So uh, you know, it's great to see um, Jerry Depoto. Really, the Seattle Mariners—they've had a knack of finding pretty good pitchers that uh, not a lot of people seem to be that interested in, and. Maybe part of that's due to the ballpark they pitch in, or maybe it's uh, the weather being a little damp and cold. But uh, either way, it's great to have depth, and it's obviously it's always better to see your your uh, prospects perform than it is to not. So uh, I think that's a testament to Jerry Depoto 
and the uh, and the scouting uh, team down there in Seattle. So it's exciting. Yeah, I think that kind of just goes under the radar too. Like you know, when he's in the in the off season, when he's making all these moves, they seem well, they are really just these small moves. You know, guys you've never heard of, and you just kind of put it aside because it's not really big move. You know, it's not a big free agent signing. It's not a big blockbuster trade. But now we're just kind of seeing the results from that. We have all these guys that can come up and fill the uh, fill the holes of play, players that are you know struggling, getting injured, and it really is making the difference right now with the big league team. Yeah, really true. Um, what do you guys have any insight as to why um, Bannister was called up from Modesto to AAA when he carried a six ERA at Modesto? Yeah, I can kind of I can kind of answer that. Uh, Modesto is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're still playing in the California League. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the California League is notorious for uh, really inflating power numbers. Uh, it's a great league to go if you're a struggling hitter because it just fills you with confidence. Uh, and Bannister is not a guy who is going to be, you know, a dominant starter at the, any level. He's going to be good, mm-hmm. and he knows how to pitch. And uh, I'm, it's the pitchability that really makes a difference Um you know, you go down to the California League or you pitch in higher elevations, the curveball really starts to flatten out. You don't get as much break on your sinker, which is, uh, you know, a pitch that Bannister really needs to induce the ground balls. So, uh, you know, the pitchability is really good. This is a guy who played for, uh, I think it's four years at uh, Arizona, uh, pitched in a, uh, a College World Series game. Uh, you know, he's experienced, he knows how to pitch, and, you know, Modesto to Tacoma is probably a lot uh, it's probably a lot quicker flight than trying to get Max Posey up from uh, the Texas League. So uh, you needed that spot start, so why not bring him up? And, uh, you know, it, it's not a guy that uh, you're not bringing up some, you know, 19-year-old kid who's just got a fastball and you're trying to crush his confidence. You got a, a guy who's been there and done that in the college game. So I think that's probably why it was him. You know, I think that's about all we have on the agenda, but do you guys have anything else you want to really, you know, bring up, touch on? Nope. <laughs> okay, sweet. Uh, pretty pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think that about sums it up. Mariners, you know, looking to head into this next road trip against Philadelphia and um, Toronto, the struggling, struggling Toronto. Um, but, you know, hopefully they'll be able to, Spend those next six games recovering, building on, you know, what they've done the last two nights in Texas, or against Texas, I should say, and then build up some steam for the tough end of May. And, you know, hopefully then those guys come back and the Mariners can make do with what they have, keep fighting, keep, you know, scraping away stuff like that. And, yeah, so go Mariners, and we'll hope we get the – breaks we need and i mean that figuratively not literally <laughs> Hope. No, so yeah well i think that wraps up the soto moto episode 10 podcast and we'll be back next week hopefully with some more content to discuss awesome go mariners we go, go, M's. M's. go M's.